Hello and welcome to episode three of On The Grid podcast. I am your host, Adrian Keita, and joining me once more is Cam Anderson and Harvey Todd. We are after after the Portuguese Grand Prix. And in all fairness, for me, it was a bit of a boring race. It had a bit of, had some overtakes and it wasn't very eventful. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with our predictions that we gave in episode two on the back of episode two uh, and we'll look at how well everybody else everybody did um i'll i'll start with i'll start with mine and in qualifying i only got one which was hamilton to get p2 and in the race i got hamilton to win and verstappen to get p2 so i got a grand total of three out of ten so you could see that our predictions which were out of the park didn't really pay off. Cameron, uh, how did how did you do? Uh, did you do better than me or um, worse? I'll, I'll be honest. And I only got one point. Um, and that's because I got Bottas third in the race. I, I, I actually don't know what I did for qualifying. I, I thought we were only looking at the race. So I've had a bit of a stinker there. So, I mean, I might have actually won. So we'll, we'll keep that as TCA. We'll, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it as that, but I'll, I'll, I'll claim the crown for now unless Harvey comes out with a whopping four or five out of ten. Harvey, uh, how, how did we do? Absolute write-off. I got... <laughs> uh, I think I only got one right, which was... I want to say it was Leclerc in qualifying P4. Absolute stinker. Oh, lordy lord, my friend. How, how, how did that happen? How, how um, did that and Leclerc, didn't even get, and Leclerc didn't even get P4 on the grid. It was... It was oh. <laughs> so you're saying you got a big fat zero? He's dropped a donut. We're going to cut him there. He's dropped a donut. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, I got Lewis. I got Lewis in quali. P2. Okay, he's redeemed himself. I still got okay. one point, though. Oh, I might have got that as well, you know, actually. That might be two points for me. Yeah, that's two for you. I, I'm I'm still out in front with three, so I'll, I'll take the crown for this week. We'll we'll look at the predictions for the Spanish uh, Grand Prix later on, but we'll start off with qualifying, which I didn't see a lot of. Um, but it must it must uh, be said, Ricardo had a stinker. Cameron, as a McLaren fan, 16th for. Well, not main man, Lando's main man at the moment, uh, the shining bright for McLaren, but Ricardo couldn't hook it up in Q1. To be honest, I looked I looked at the lap myself and it didn't look, I think they said it on the Skypad as well, it didn't look awful, but I think it's just kind of, he was going around the lap and, and although there wasn't a, a major error, there was kind of being not not too close to the apex, not breaking kind of um, late enough and it was just like a whole group of errors kind of came together and equaled the lap time and obviously went out in Q1. Obviously it's not good. Um, and kind of Norris is highlighting that. I think maybe Norris is kind of a little bit outperforming the car as well. So it's not helping helping Daniel, but um, I said give him four rounds and this this will be his fourth round to adapt. So so I think kind of excuses are coming coming to the end. Yes, uh, I mean it wasn't it wasn't the lap to be for Daniel Ricardo, but we'll move on to the race in a, a, a later point. And he did relatively well in the race. But Harvey, 
Mr. Saturday strikes again. We we spoke just before the podcast uh, regarding George Russell, and he was able to get P11 on the grid. Um, it was it was a good lap from him um, to beat the likes of Giovinazzi, Alonso, Sonoda, and Raikkonen in Q2. What what were your thoughts initially um, on George Russell's Saturday? Yeah, he is a little bit of a Saturday man, um, but I, 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 you know he was what, five hundredths away from Q3 in the Williams car. That's excellent. And, you know, he absolutely nailed it, I thought. And I think if he had a little bit more top-end power, I reckon he would have got into Q3. Yes. Um, his woes were um, on the Sunday, and it wasn't It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't, we were all ruined for him to get his first points on the Sunday. Uh, but it wasn't meant to be uh, in the end. But in Q3, the big shock, everybody was shocked by this. I, I, I was, I must admit, I, I was shocked personally, and I, I, I'm pretty sure both of you were shocked as well. Valtteri Bottas putting it on pole. Cameron, what are your thoughts? It, it came out of the blue. No one expected it, but I think Valtteri every single year has these kind of days where he somehow puts it on pole you, you, you still don't know because I think Hamilton was still miles quicker and Verstappen was also miles quicker but invalidated his first lap um, obviously the wind kind of upped itself made it a bit harder for the drivers on their second laps so he was on pole in the end but the two drivers behind in Hamilton and Verstappen I think we, we all know that they were capable of a quicker lap Yes um, I believe that Verstappen's lap was faster than Valtteri's pole lap, but yeah. unfortunately it was invalidated because of track limit infringements with Verstappen starting in, the, in P3. But it goes without saying, Harvey, um, Verstappen and Perez were waiting in the wings on, on the second row of a grid. And it goes without saying that they, they, must have been, they must have been hungry, but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. No, I mean... I did say uh, last episode that um, it was more of a Mercedes circuit, um, the Portmau circuit, and then I did, may have predicted um, Verstappen to do the double, but we shan't mention that. Um, but yeah, I think Portmau was more of a Mercedes circuit, um, so it sort of was to be expected. Yes, and and one and two more highlights of the qualifying really. Well, Carlos Sainz and Ocon. We also mentioned Ocon as a little bit of a as a little bit of a driver that can be that can be there thereabouts in qualifying, and he and he was uh, through to Q3. Uh, it wasn't Alonso; it was Ocon um, with Ocon putting it on P6, I believe. But it, it goes it goes without saying that Alpine's car is improving. Cameron, what are your thoughts on Alpine? They are making steps in the right direction. Yeah, well, 100%. Um, I've seen a few things that basically uh, the car that turned up to Portugal was basically meant to be there at Bahrain, but they didn't want to rush it, essentially. Um, if you would have asked me last podcast, would I have thought Alpine would have been there? I would have said no. But after watching FP1, 2 and 3, I think that going into qualifying, I wasn't shocked to see Ocon in sixth. I was actually... Alonso did a really bad job in qualifying and kind of made up for it in the race. I expected Alonso, to be honest, I think he could have battled for at least fourth in qualifying. So I think he underperformed, but obviously Ocon did a, well, did a good job in the end. So 
that's all that counts. But this Alpine car is definitely on the up. And I think that um, this weekend could go from strength to strength for them. Yeah, and Carlos Sainz, we'll, we'll touch upon a Carlos Sainz, obviously out-qualifying Charles Leclerc. Um, Harvey, um, Sainz has finally shown his true potential in that Ferrari car. Um, what are your thoughts on his qualifying? I personally thought that it was a very good lap, um, putting, putting it onto P5 and out-qualifying Leclerc. So it goes without saying that Carlos Sainz is getting to grips with that Ferrari car very quickly. Yeah, I think I completely agree with what you said. I mean, the Ferraris were pretty much there or thereabouts in Q1 and Q2. You know, they were at the top. Um, but obviously, it's very tricky to beat the Mercedes and Red Bull this season. I think P5 is effectively a second pole position on the grid, if that makes any sense. And I think he had a fantastic qualifying. Yeah, best, best of a rest, um, of course. Uh, but we'll move on to the race, and straight off the bat, um, well, we we only got a few a few laps of racing, and out came the safety car. The, the first incident that happened was Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi well coming together. Well, it was more Kimi's fault because he was following Giovinazzi very closely, and obviously clipped off his front wing, and unfortunately uh, had to retire. But but Cameron, surely. Those those incidents shouldn't be happening with Raikkonen. Why is he following Giovinazzi so closely? As as he will know, he will he had his front wing on the line, and mm. unfortunately he had to retire. But what are your thoughts on Kimi Raikkonen? It, it shouldn't be happening with his experience, surely. It shouldn't be happening, but I think it's just kind of misjudging where your front wing is at the end of the day. How close how close his car is. Obviously, he's in, in the slipstream of Giovinazzi and he's essentially wanting to overtake his teammate, kind of maybe proving that he's still still got it. Number one driver status. Um, but yeah, he's tucking up into the slipstream and obviously gets a bit too close to the to the rear end of Giovinazzi and his, his front wing comes flying off. And to be honest, I think they were quite lucky that Giovinazzi didn't get a puncture because um, that, that could have been Alfa Romeo's kind of weekend in the bin. Um, Kimi put his hands up I've seen it after the race and said, obviously, that is 100% my fault. Um, and you wouldn't expect anything less, to be honest. But, um, yeah, far from ideal for the Finnish driver. Yeah, it was far from ideal. But, obviously, as soon as as soon as the incident happened, he did he did apologise to Giovinazzi over, well, over, the radio, over the team radio, asking if his tyres were OK. And, luckily for Giovinazzi, everything was OK with his car. But after the restart, we're going to go to you, Harvey, because the Red Bull man, Max Verstappen, Absolute dazzling move. He was he was hot on Hamilton's heels straight off the bat, and he made the uh, overtake stick. But of course, he wasn't able to make it stick for the for the entirety of the race, and he wasn't able to get a game back net lead. But he still did a very good job from the restart. Yeah, it was it was fantastic from him, wasn't it? I mean, I was firmly on the edge of my seat. I was like, you know, if we can get past Lewis quite quite quickly and then take it to Bottas, then, you know, we could be looking at a decent race for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to bring up the Mercedes thing again. You know, their pace was superb all weekend, to be fair to him, when it mattered. That Red Bull, just a little bit still away from, the you know, Mercedes in these sort of tracks. You know, you're looking at Spain, Portugal. Well, you're looking at Max Verstappen, like... 
we we mentioned we mentioned briefly before we started uh, recording this that Max Verstappen simply does not want to go to Portugal again. Is that due to the track limit infringements that Cameron has just popped into the chat? Um, or is it due to the freak nature of Red Bull being uh, the second best and not the first best about around Portugal? Uh, Harvey, you, you think that it's a Mickey Mouse circuit. Do you think we, we should carry on racing in Portugal or will it be dropped after this season? In my personal opinion, I'd like it to be dropped and replaced with something like a turkey on a permanent basis. I just think Portugal, for somehow, it's a bit of a rubbish track. I, I don't get the thrill of it. I think it's quite overrated just because it goes up and down a few times <laughs> and has a really long glass corner. I, I, I don't see what else it brings apart from a boring race. A boring race. We will continue with a boring race, shall we? And we'll move on to the the further stages uh, of the Grand Prix. So after the fantastic, the dazzling move um, that Verstappen pulled off on Hamilton, um, he was Verstappen obviously made a mistake, and Hamilton was able to regain that position. Um, and then on lap twenty, Bottas didn't. He made it easy, I think. Um, Hamilton went on to uh, the better line, the faster line, and overtook Bottas with ease. Cameron, um, Bottas didn't put up any real any real uh, defence on, on Hamilton, really. Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting you say that, because when I was watching it, um, I, I'm not saying this happened, but I, I saw that kind of iconic Toto Wolf's finger over the tactic button. And I'm not saying he kind of directly let him pass because I don't think Bottas would kind of do that anymore um, after what happened. I think it was Russia. Um, but he went to the inside and I've seen quite a few people say it now, like just because you defend the inside doesn't mean that that's defending as of such. Cause to be honest, the outside line is kind of the one you want to have. Um, it, it's a tricky corner to defend uh, you can't go to the inside or the outside, to be honest. Where, wherever kind of the, the incoming car goes, it seems that they make the move. So I think it would have been a lot easier for Bottas to kind of retain the position if he kind of stuck his car in the middle of the track. And and either whatever way kind of Hamilton went, he gave him a bit of a squeeze or something, a bit of personality on track would have been nice to see. We'll move back to uh, a potential uh, Mercedes driver in George Russell, Mr. Saturday, um, we'll go back to him, and uh, it was a disaster. It was it was not good. We obviously saw just before the halfway point of a race, he got overtook by his teammate Nicholas Latifi, and you was just thinking, where's this George Russell gone? But like we like we said, the Williams and the wind played its part on the car, and George even mentioned on the radio a couple of times that the car was undrivable. Harvey, it was. <sighs> We like to say this bit of a cliche, really, and we we like to say it on this on this podcast, he went from hero to zero. Literally two weekends in a row, almost, and I feel sorry for him. I just really, really hope that there's a race that just clicks, and for some reason, I've Monaco standing out, you know, where he could go from 
you know, we could get a points finish. Um, but in terms of Porter now, it wasn't wasn't a George masterclass, was it? As we saw a few times last season. It wasn't pleasant. I mean, seeing him right at the back of the field, being overtaken by Latifi, you just don't want that from somebody that could be potentially coming into a Mercedes seat uh, in, the, in the near future. But we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with the Frenchman once more. We'll go with Esteban Ocon and we'll go with Alpine uh, because I, they had a very good weekend. They, they scored double points. Like we said, the car is improving. Cameron, mm-hmm. Ocon, we said, is a bit of a qualifying merchant, but him and Alonso were able to put uh, put it into the points and did a did a stellar drive for uh, an Alpine uh, an Alpine car. That yeah. Is ever yeah, Ocon went back a tiny little bit, but um, I think at the end of the day, Alpine would be happy with the points that Ocon got. I don't think he's a qualifying merchant or a race merchant. He's just kind of there. And thereabouts. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not claiming that one. Um, but Alonso, on the other hand, I thought he had a really good comeback drive. I um, mean, the first in kind of, it looked like at one point that him and Danny Rick could have potentially jumped um, the guys that had already pitted. It didn't come out that way. He came out, but he had electric pace. Or he was one of the quickest on track, um, kind of bar the Red Bulls and Mercedes. So I, th- I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think that. Alonso going to Spain this weekend, the track he's more familiar with, um, really could be lethal in that car. We'll, we'll, we'll stay with Alonso, uh, as you've mentioned him there. Um, but like you said, absolutely electric pace whenever whenever it came to overtaking. Um, funnily enough, on the, down the team radio when he overtook a car, he was like, who's next? Who's next? Mm. He wanted them to keep on coming. Um, but Harvey... Um, do you believe that Alonso could potentially um, continue with his points uh, points tally going up, uh, especially with a track coming up like Spain, which is his home Grand Prix? I mean, from what I've got all of the drivers' results in front of me, and he is on an upward trajectory. Um, do I think he'll finish in the points in Spain? Oh, it's, it's really, really tough to say, isn't it? Because, because Alpine's one of them cars that's Either it's either there or thereabouts, or it's sort of nowhere. And um, you know what? Alonso will finish in the points in Spain. I'm going to put my neck on the line. He said it there, guys. He said it there. Alonso is finishing in the points, but we'll obviously have to wait and see if he gets to do so uh, this weekend. Um, but a driver, another driver that kind of went backwards in his, in his second stint was Carlos Sainz. Uh, I mean, he was driving very well, uh, I believe. In It was inside the top 10. He was about fifth or sixth. And then in the dying stages of a race, he ended up finishing 11th. It, it was, it, he was driving very well um, in that Ferrari car. He was hoping that he'd have a very good race after the qualifying um, performance that he did. But Cameron, going back to your ex-McLaren boy, mm. it, was, it was a bit of a rough, rough Sunday for him. Um, I think that it was kind of more down to Ferrari than Sainz. I think it's kind of typical Ferrari to put um, one of their cars on a slightly dodgy strategy. Um, Sainz kind of was one of the first people to pit. 
Um, and obviously no one had run the hard compound tires yet. So no one knew what they, they, they could have been awful to be fair. Um, but to ask, I think it was like 50 plus laps nearly on the medium compound tire. I think it was a tough ask and everyone knew that his tires were going to go away at some point. Um, and they did inevitably at the end. It's, it's just people didn't know that the hard were, I mean, to be honest, they were, they were basically the medium, but, but more durable. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I completely agree with you with a bit of a dodgy strategy because he was the first of pit and it was they didn't have much data from anybody regarding the hard tyre. So it was it was a bit of a tricky time for him um, in that regards. Um, but we'll, we'll look at Red Bull. Um, that doomed second seat, Cameron. Um, Perez, especially, mm. he was left out. Like, like they said, Red Bull said, they want to they go long with Perez, and, yeah. and they did. Especially when when you hear when you hear the radio going from Hamilton's point of view, going blue flags, blue flags. <laughs> you're thinking you're thinking potential album moments, but it's they were racing they were racing for the net lead, and Hamilton did it with ease because Perez's tires um, were completely gone. But what are your thoughts on Perez's weekend? It wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um. No, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I, I spoke about kind of the curse of the second Red Bull uh, quite a few times, but do I think that Pierre Gasly or Alexander Albon could have done the job that Perez did at the weekend? Not really, to be honest. So although it does seem to be cursed, Perez is getting the most out of it at the moment. Um, and to be honest, as soon as he got past Norris, his pace wasn't too bad. Like I really do think he could have potentially finished third in the race or... Or, or at least been a lot closer to obviously the top three cars. Um, and I mean, we go to Spain next week, a track that he's more familiar with. I, I've said from the start with all new drivers, given four rounds. Um, so I think we can kind of start judging Perez after Spain. We'll continue with uh, comeback drives and we'll have a look at Ricardo. Um, obviously, he qualified 16th and he was able to put it into the points in P9. Uh, we'll say we'll, we we've already spoken that we'll judge him um, after four races, but I think he showed he showed his experience and his tire management and his race racecraft uh, with a P9 finish. I know it could have been a lot higher um, if he was to qualify well, but um, Cameron, I'll go with you. Um, it could it could have been a lot higher for Ricardo if he was to qualify well, but. A comeback drive into the points, it, it goes without saying, but he did a very good job. Yeah, it would do. Um, I, I saw before kind of uh, after after qualifying that they would be happy if he got into the points. And, and that's what he did at the end of the day. So I, I think they'll look at it like obviously qualifying wasn't ideal, but Sunday, Sunday was good. It was it was damage limitation at the end of the day. Um, he was really quite impressive kind of in the first stint. Um, the first driver, I believe, who was on the alternative strategy, but he pitted and got onto, uh, I think it was the softs. I'm going to say it's the softs, um, and didn't make as much progress as kind of everyone expected him to do. And the the really the real final talking point of um, the race, I'd probably say, is Bottas going going a bit backwards. He wasn't he wasn't able to challenge Hamilton. And then he wasn't able to challenge Verstappen, especially when um, he 
when Bottas came out um, in front of Verstappen, but obviously had that slidey moment. Um, I believe it was out of turn two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, he was he was unfortunate not not to really hold on to the the, the lead of the race because it would have been it would have been a bit of a confidence booster for uh, for Valtteri uh, to be on the top step of the podium. But a podium, Harvey, nevertheless for for Valtteri is a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean Valtteri Bottas, he was he was good to be fair for the majority of the weekend. Obviously, getting pole, fastest lap as well, and a podium. You know, for a second driver in one of the top teams, that's that's decent. Um, I mean, yes, he had a disappointing Bahrain, not Bahrain, um, Imola, but he's sort of steering himself back on the right track. Yeah, it's, it's impressive to see that he might be able to gain a bit more confidence heading to the remainder of the calendar, obviously, from getting uh, this podium. Um, but we'll go through the top 10 uh, runners um right now. So Hamilton won the race from Verstappen, from Bottas, Perez, Norris, Leclerc, Ocon, Alonso, Ricardo, and Gasly closed out the top 10 with Sainz, Giovinazzi, Vettel, Stroll, Sonoda, Russell, Schumacher, Latifi, and Mazepin. The finishes with Raikkonen um, get, retiring from the race. Uh, but we'll move into uh, the predictions uh, for this weekend. We haven't been starved of action. It's back-to-back racing. It's what we want to see. But Spain, some people think that Spain isn't a very good track, uh, especially Circuit um, circuit de Catalonia-Barcelona. Um, one of these tracks where not much happens, like like um, a, a Portimao. Um, but Cameron, um, with action like especially... The Rosberg and Hamilton clash in 2016, I believe. Um, would we? Is there any possibility that we could see action like that happening um, <laughs> this time around? Um, I wouldn't mind action like that, um, as as long as it's still both of the Mercedes. Um, I'm all for that. Um, the track as a whole, I've been to the track. I do quite like it actually because I think every sector kind of asks something different of the car and the driver. Um, but yeah, obviously there's kind of not too many overtaking opportunities. Um, and I said it last week that I think they should have extended the, the, the DRS straight and they actually shortened it. So, I mean, I don't think that made any sense at all. Um, and I think this week as well, it, I don't think it's going to make a difference too much, but even if they can just bring the DRS, uh, activation zone, just like a hundred yards, 50 yards, closer then it, it might be easier to overtake i mean you can still overtake down there but i think if you're max for happening you're sitting in second place um come sunday are you getting past the mercedes probably not um we've seen that kind of the honda engine's been improved um and i mean a lot of people saying that actually it's the quickest um on the grid so i'm not sure if maybe they went the wrong way with setup and, and put too much wing on the car but um last week the red bull looked kind of slow on a straight so so hopefully not this week. Yeah, like we said, uh, like you said, you wanted the DRS straight ex- extended. Well, you got two DRS zones, but they were they were quite ineffective in in, in a sense uh, because we didn't we didn't see many overtakes. I, I can only recall uh, one overtake of Charles Leclerc on Carlos Sainz on the second DRS straight that I can remember. Um, but apart from that, it was. 
it was it was relatively um, a meh of a race. It was nobody. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even put it as a meh race. There we go. Verstappen on Bottas. <laughs> yes, but but relatively relatively sane. None none of the three of us, I, I think, enjoyed that race. It was relatively lacklustre. Um, but Harvey, what are your thoughts on Circuit de Catalonia Barcelona? Do you think we'll we'll see action once more? An action-packed race, hell Marys everywhere, or will it be boring? I hate to say it, it's going to be another ball fest. I think Saturday's qualifying will be all right. I think it, it's like Portimao. It's it's good on your own when you're trying to get the fastest lap. So it's a good quality circuit. But in terms of a racetrack, it just doesn't do it for me. I think there are still some tweaks that could be made to the track. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that um, corner at the end of the back straight is going to work because obviously they had the hairpin, which was quite tight. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that corner fares. But yeah, it's just one of them mediocre tracks that sort of nothing really happens, which is a bit of a shame. Well, it looks like we've, we're going to have back-to-back ball fests, and I, I was saying we haven't been we have been starved of uh, we haven't been starved of action for much long, but clearly action is going to be limited uh, from the two co-hosts. Um, yes, go Harvey, go on, go on. I want. I, I mean, I can see you're bursting to say something. Go ahead. I mean, from two really really good first races at Bahrain and Imola to now sort of these two tracks and then obviously we've got Monaco and Azerbaijan which nothing really happens um, yeah it's it's going to be a long couple of weeks are you joking with Monaco and Azerbaijan I, you... on, I'm not a fan of Azerbaijan I, 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 I don't like it Cameron please Thank please, you, shame. please please tell him please tell him well I, we're we're not gonna dive we're not gonna diverge away because Monaco and Azerbaijan are quite a while yet and we'll we'll most likely talk about them in episode four and and whatnot. But okay, well we'll keep that thought in mind for 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 um, episodes in the future. And once we see a fantastic race at both Grand Prix, I am certain of that. We'll go back to that quote. We'll we'll clip that quote and we'll we'll keep it there. But we'll go with the top five predictions for uh, both the qualifying and the race. Now, um, usually I'll start with myself, but I'm going to give um, Cameron uh, the first the first range. So, Cameron, what are your um, what is your top five for qualifying? So I don't want to contradict myself. So I'm going to go for a Max Verstappen pole position. Um, I think that the track's going to suit them a lot more. Uh, compared to compared to Portimao, um, Lewis Hamilton's going to be second, and we're going to go Sergio Perez on in third. Um, slowly been getting more comfortable with the Red Bull car. Um, Valtteri Bottas in fourth, and then we're going in fifth. Fernando Alonso. Ooh. Wow! 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 I, I wouldn't mind Alonso in fifth on the grid. I personally wouldn't mind that. But Harvey, what are your thoughts for, for qualifying? I'm going to go Hamilton on pole. 
followed by Max Verstappen. In third, it's going to be Valtteri Bottas. Fourth, I'm going Lando Norris. And in fifth, I'm going Daniel Ricciardo. Two McLarens in the top five? Is, is that what you're thinking? You think they're going to be stronger going... around Spain on one lap pace? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon two McLarens in top five. Well, there we go. Um, I'll go with my top five. I've gone with Hamilton uh, to get pole position. And I have gone with Valtteri Bottas in P2, with Max Verstappen in P3, Charles Leclerc in P4. I think he could he could be able to redeem himself uh, from a relatively poor qualifying in Portugal. And I hope that the Ferrari car and the Ferrari driver are able to do so. And I've gone with Sergio Perez in P5 for qualifying. So I'll start off with the race and we'll, I'll, we'll go in reverse order. So we'll, we'll start with me um, for the race. So I've gone with Hamilton to convert his pole position um, with Max Verstappen uh, overtaking Valtteri Bottas to gain P2. Um, and then I've gone Valtteri Bottas P3 with Sergio Perez in P4. And I have gone, I have put Lando Norris in P5 because I think He's done relatively well in his first three races of the opening 2021 campaign, and I think he will be able to continue do, continue to do so in um, Spain. So, Harvey, uh, what's your top five for the race? Coming home in first is going to be Max Verstappen. Second place, Lando Norris. Third place... Lewis Hamilton. Fourth place, Valtteri Bottas. And in fifth, it's going to be Charles Leclerc. I'm 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 just going to reference it for every for any uh, for everyone that listens to these. I'm going to reference that as soon as Harvey said Lando in P2, Cameron put his head on his desk. In <laughs> I want to say in either disbelief or but he doesn't want Harvey to jinx it because it could be, it might be a disaster class in the race. We never know. I was just thinking realistically. I'm I'm not sure it will happen, but, you know, I wouldn't mind it. But Cameron, last but not least, what are your thoughts for the race? Um, I think Verstappen will win the race. I think whoever's going to be on pole will basically win the race, especially if it's a Mercedes. Um, Hamilton in P2... And I think Perez will still be in P3. Um, I don't think Valtteri Bottas is going to finish the race. I don't know why and I don't know how, but it's not happening. Um, And then we're going to go for Lando Norris, P4, head of P5, Fernando Alonso. Things we love to see. This guy brings brings me a smile and joy with Fernando Alonso in P5. I mean, an honourable if- mention I've got to say to Sebastian Vettel, who's going to get his first points for Aston Martin after receiving the upgraded package this weekend. Well, I mean, two. Yeah, I'm going to call them legends. Two F1 legends potentially in the points, reigniting that absolute dream. I mean. If one of them get a, gets a cheeky podium this season, I, I wouldn't mind that a one bit. I mean, we we could we could see a, a flying Alpine car on the podium. You never know; it could happen. It could happen any time between now and uh, the final race of the season. But 
those are our top five predictions for qualifying of a race please let us know your thoughts on, on what you think of our top fives uh, i mean it could we could either get him really wrong or really right especially from what you've heard of a start of our episode um the, the three the two and the one <coughs> harvey uh, being an absolute failure uh, in in portugal but yeah um we'll end the episode there uh, thank you very much to Harvey and Cameron for joining me um, as as usual, and we'll we'll see you in episode four, which will be after the Spanish Grand Prix weekend. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.